Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 328, entitled What to Do When You Begin to Think That You're Splitting Up with WordPress. It was published on Thursday the 25th of May 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined by our interview guest in a few short moments. Before that, a little bit of housekeeping. The first thing to mention is that we are continuing our six-part mini webinar series with Mark Westgard from WS Form. We're doing that every Wednesday at 3pm UK time. You can find that show live on our page, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. But if you would like to find some calendar links for that, head over to our homepage and scroll down just a little bit. You'll see a little white card and on there are some buttons that you can press with calendar links to make sure that you don't miss it. We're having a really interesting time. We're getting more and more complex about what WS form can do. So if you are in the market for a new form solution, please do come check it out. I have a list of those posts that we've done so far on the WP Builds website. Another thing to mention is that we have our deals page, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a little bit like Black Friday, but every single day of the year, searchable, filterable list of deals. Go check it out. You never know, you might get yourself some money off. And the other thing to mention, if you like what WP Builds are doing, please feel free to share it. I would really appreciate you going into your podcast player of choice and giving us a rating, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or what have you. Write something, I would be most grateful. Also, our subscribe page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Over there, you're going to find all of the ways that you can keep up to date with what we do, our Twitter, our Mastodon, YouTube, and so on and so forth. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits, to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP Builds. Once more, go dot me forward slash WP builds and sincere thanks to GoDaddy Pro for their ongoing support of the WP builds podcast. Okay, what have we got on the show for you today? Well, we've got an episode with Arna Stanauskas. He's from Hostinger, and we're here to talk, well, ostensibly, we're talking about what it's like when you split up with WordPress. In all honesty, the title kind of got a bit hijacked, and maybe it's turned out to be a bit of a clickbaity title, because really we get into a whole load of other things. We get into what is it that makes the community work well? What is it that disables people from starting on their WordPress journey, what challenges do new people face, and how are companies like Hostinger trying to make it easier with onboarding wizards and AI goodness to try and make people's first forays into WordPress a little bit easier to manage. It's an interesting chat, and I hope that you enjoy it. I'm joined on the podcast today by Arnas Stanauskas. Hello, Arnas. Hi, Nathan. Uh, glad to be here and thanks for inviting me today. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Arnas is joining us from Hostinger, actually, which is a company, if you've attended WordCamps, they've been 
really pulling out all the stops in terms of getting the sponsorships going on over there. I confess, Arnus, that until probably about 16 to 18 months ago, I hadn't really heard of Hostinger. So before we get onto the subject of today's podcast, which is about splitting up with WordPress, I wonder if you wouldn't mind just giving us a bit of background, firstly, about you and what you've been doing uh, in the world of tech, whether that was always WordPress or web development or marketing or whatever it may be. But then also, if you could spend a moment telling us about what you do at Hostinger, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. Uh, so at Hostinger, I've been for a little bit more than three years. Throughout these years, I've uh, worked in a different positions. My current one is a product owner of a web hosting product itself. And uh, we, the first, first, first position that I, I worked was a customer support specialist. So I helped directly, uh, you know, with the requests from the clients, uh, their questions, uh, anything that's related to the website or their development or setting it up and then i moved on to the ux research so ux research basically i tried to find locate things uh, where clients of our struggle and how we can improve them to provide them uh, a better flow with our pro so they would be able you know to uh, set up their websites with us more easily and uh, they wouldn't have to worry about you know <clears throat> any technical issues with us. And then uh, before moving to the product owner, I became a product associate of the web hosting product itself. And this is where my current journey started. And yeah, I got more accustomed with the product itself, uh, deepened my knowledge with the WordPress. And yeah, that's about it. This is where I currently stand and that's a small overview of my journey. Yeah, thank you. In terms of Hostinger itself, though, for those people who haven't heard of it, I mean, that there are some fairly big incumbents, names of hosting companies who sort of roll off the tongue. They've been around for decades and decades. Can you just give us a bit of backstory about Hostinger? How long have they been around? And has has there been more interest recently in WordPress? Are they, are they sort of, as a company, are you pivoting into the WordPress space in a big way? And if so, when did that journey all begin? Uh, yeah, so uh, Hostinger uh, first was like officially like founded in 2004. And uh, from that point, there were a lot of changes. Uh, I know myself, I've been in Hostinger for three, three more years, but throughout that time, uh, you know, uh, we kept innovating, uh, making new stuff that would, you know, uh, bring more efficiency to, to customers. Not only from the, you know, what we have to offer, but from the uh, hardware part as well. So our, you know, so servers would be stable. We uh, we ship, you know, and build our parts in the data centers itself. Uh, so yeah, over those years, we innovated, tried new things, offered new things. And it, at, the, at the start of the podcast, you mentioned that like in 18 or 16 months, you never really heard about the hosting gear itself and i get what you're coming from because like we just recently started participating in the wordcamps itself and maybe that's where first you could have heard about us yeah in the wordpress world itself and you know i'm really like happy and pleased to say that i was in in those first board camps where i participated i you know uh i wasn't in, in the name of the hosting gear there and i could meet you know 
all the WordPress people there. I um I initially saw Hostinger's uh, booth at um, mm-hmm. WordCamp Europe in Portugal in yeah, 2022. So yeah, we're coming on to a, a year or something like that. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, it's curious because all of the all of the major sponsors in this room I've heard of before. You know, mm-hmm. I frequent the WordPress space quite a lot. And then their their hostinger was with a really giant booth. You know, one of the mm-hmm. bigger ones. And I thought that's interesting because I have not heard of them before. So anyway, and uh, nice to have you um, pivot into the WordPress community. You know, the, the more the more eyeballs that are on it, the better. And thanks for telling us about Hostinger and your journey with WordPress. Curious little subject that we're going to cover today. And um, and I was really taken by this. When when you contacted me and we were sort of toing and froing about a subject that you thought would be of interest, you suggested the idea of what do you do when you're considering splitting up with WordPress and uh, how do you get your, your, you wrote, mojo back, which I thought was quite interesting. And the reason the reason I find this subject so fascinating is I really do think that there are a proportion of people who are using WordPress who are getting a little bit fatigued. I've seen some fairly high profile people leave the community. If you if you've been following WordPress for any length of time, quite a few major solo plugin developers have decided to sell their product on and move on to pastures new. I don't know what many of them are doing now, but it's certainly got nothing to do with WordPress. But also, since the advent of Gutenberg in WordPress 5.0, a lot of people have become a little bit disgruntled. They thought maybe that that was the wrong direction for the the CMS to move in. So yeah, let's get into that. What, what were you thinking when you came up with this subject for me? Um, So, the subject came from, you know, the root cause of it is like when you first get idea to build a website, you always think like be the most comfortable way of, for me to build it. And uh, I know a lot of people, majority of people select WordPress based on its functionality, you know, interface of it, the usability of it, scalability. And, uh, but there's also a challenge, you know, to build that whole website. And when you think of it from a bigger perspective, you have to cover that many places and you're a single person that doing it at the start and you have to cover so many places. And at some point it could get you like frustrating and overwhelming and you could just like, in terms of motivation, drop out. Uh, But um, I personally had this as well when I was making uh, small projects for my bachelor for uh, a few friends of mine and uh, it does get overwhelming and I just wanted to like share my view what did help me out in those cases and how could I keep like a progressive path where I would be able to see the actual results of the work inputted into the site so I would still get motivated little by little. Yeah it's interesting because it's quite difficult for me now to really understand what the problems for new users to WordPress are because I'm so familiar with it. I've just spent the last eight or nine years just completely obsessing about WordPress and so I know what what all the things are that you need to achieve to get a website out of the door but I've got to think that if you've got some specific functionality that's outside of core 
And let's be honest, most websites these days will definitely have some third party plugin mm-hmm. dropped into them for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing that if you are an inexperienced user, the fact that you've got documentation for this plugin over here, you've got documentation for this theme over the here, you don't know how to achieve the functionality for this particular thing that you know that you need, and so you're browsing on the internet for possible solutions. Whereas if you were to to go with a proprietary solution, you know something along the lines of Wix or Squarespace, all of that documentation and tutorials and everything kind of live in that one place. And so it's a little bit more straightforward onboarding. So I, I understand what you mean. WordPress is a difficult, it is quite a difficult ask uh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's totally correct. But um, like how, from my point of view, how this thing could be approached is like, uh, let's say you have a simple goal, uh, have a website, uh, one of the, and to have that website work and like gathering traffic, get more engagement. Um, all of these, these all goals look like more of a big picture view, but who say that you can't split them into smaller milestones personally for yourself and you would be achieving them little by little over time and all of them would contribute to your bigger goal. Uh, what I have in mind by this, um, let's say you have your website up and rolling. Um, everything is ready. You have like a simple blog site about your hobby. In this case, let's take photography. And uh, you, what, of course, what motivates a lot of people is getting traffic to it. So why not making your first milestone is to cover all of your blog website with cell friendly uh, tags throughout the website, throughout all of your articles, which is like significantly boost your site when it, when it's appearing online. That gives you a better perspective when you're online and getting more traffic. So splitting into the smaller task, when you achieve, you get that, you know, feeling of uh, accomplishment. Yeah, I did this. And then you can monitor your results along the way. So rather than having the approach that, you know, you want your you want your website to be the Ferrari of websites immediately before you launch it. The approach would be okay. Start with a let's just let's just get the wheels on the ground first, and then we can build the the rest of the Ferrari around it. So start simple, set yourself some goals, have an idea of the order in which those dominoes need to fall, and then follow that through. So in your case, yeah, that may be um, tagging things or maybe email marketing or whatever it is. But that, yeah, that's that's how you're suggesting you can achieve you can achieve greatness. Uh, more realistically don't expect it to be brilliant and ferrari from day one yeah yeah uh, this is like exactly what i have in mind because like when you think uh i'm sure before every everyone who creates a website they do some research research online check similar websites and when they see a fully working website let's say a big blog uh like a vp beginner and they would say they would think one day I would like to have a website like this myself, but it's a really big task. But uh, so what you do in this case, you work little by little and don't get overwhelmed with how much you will have to do by splitting into the smaller tasks. After a certain period of time, you will be able to uh, contribute to your website in the long run and have it steadily growing. I think it's quite a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Because if you're if you're new to 
the web space, not just WordPress, but mm -hmm. if you if you really have only been consuming websites for mm -hmm. the whole of the the previous ten years and you, you haven't built anything, just the idea of knowing how to break the website up into different components, you know, is really hard. In other words, do you tackle um, let's let's assume, of course, that you've managed at some point to get a website running. You've got WordPress in there. It's vanilla WordPress. It does very basic things, posts and pages, and that's mm -hmm. about it. And it's very, very difficult to know what comes next. Like, do you tackle the theme next and, you know, make it look mm -hmm. online, sorry, um, up to date with your brand, you figuring out how to do the colors and to make the headers and the footers look nice? Or do you concentrate on getting the content out there and don't worry too much about what it looks like because Google doesn't particularly care what it looks like so long as it's performant and there's text all over the place. It's difficult to know, isn't it? In the same way that, you know, if I wandered into a mechanics with my broken car, I wouldn't know which piece to take off to get to the faulty piece. I just wouldn't know what to do. I'd have to spend quite a lot of time learning about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, true on that part, but it also comes to your um, personal goals or let's say commitments, what you want to do with the website. Um, uh, let's say you have a, as you mentioned in the previous example, uh, you have a really basic website. Uh, it's up and running, it's online, uh, people can view it, but like what's your next goal with it? So I believe this would have to be decided, you know, by the ones who initially created the website. Uh, perhaps I'm not satisfied how this looks to my eye and you know, change the design or our goal is to get you know, uh, profit from the website as fast as possible so you would have some you know incoming billings from it. So perhaps you would like some affiliate integration to it with some with some plugin. So I believe it all depends what's the goal of the website and uh, what are your priorities on this? Because like that, without having priorities and, you know, a clear plan, you could get uh, quite lost, mixed what to do next for yourself and what would be best to, you know, achieve your goal. I don't know what your, sorry, I don't know whether the position that you, you have on hosting, in Hostinger allows mm -hmm. you to reveal this to me or not, but I'd be fascinated to know as people are onboarding, Mm -hmm. at your platform is there quite a lot of drop-off you know you, you get people signing up and there's you know there's tons of that but then it looks like two months later they stop fiddling with it there's no more updates do you and, you know somebody like me I, I can't i don't have access to any of that data i only know about the things that i do but obviously working for a hosting company would be relatively easy to see yes loads of people sign up but only 10 15 20 40 whatever percent actually manage to keep the whole thing going and and if they if they do give up is that the fault of wordpress you know the fact that it's complicated and difficult to use potentially and there's not enough documentation out there so let's talk about that for a minute do you do you see this trend from the hosting side um yeah so it's not a secret that uh there are a lot of people who are not able let's say activate themselves themselves to have their website up and running uh but I also believe that this is this could be taken as a responsibility on the hosting itself because we as a hosting company uh, a, provide help to the client as well. Uh, in in one particular case, it could be the onboarding, but who says that throughout the onboarding, 
a hosting provider can't assist to like fully create a simple website itself. Uh, so I, I'm working in one of those teams who you know, make uh, some small guidance changes to the client when it comes to creating their website through onboarding. And like one of the more recent changes, not like not like a really recent, but like a few months ago, we released uh, the plugin that helps clients to edit their most, you know, like edit your first image, upload your first image, add your new page to your first to your first website. It's like an un uh, onboarding plugin inside the WordPress admin panel, and uh, with this, we aim to you know to boost those clients' motivation to not drop out of the website's creation. So do you have that as like a, a must-use plugin? Is that a is that something which comes with the the hosting uh, WordPress install? That that you know if you if you go through the the process, submit your credit card details, blah blah blah, all of that. Um, and and then get the website going. That's installed and it sort of activates itself when you first log in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what you basically described is correct. And uh, if clients, you know, let's say not all of them, some of them already experienced with WordPress, they can just one click and deactivate it, either you know from the WordPress panel or from the our control panel. And how has that been received? Do you have any telemetry about whether people follow that through and use it? Or do you find that most people sort of ignore it? Um, yeah, so you know, there's always a group of people who are more more motivated by those steps and they you know, tend to um, mm, complete all of those steps without like further issues. Uh, but yeah, there's a, a part of the people who, uh, let's say, aim to drop out in the middle, but we're trying to guide the clients that those steps could help you to build a basic website and have your content read online or something similar to that. Yeah, I guess the old adage of you can you can bring a a, water, a horse to water but you can't make it drink. I <laughs> suppose there's only there's only so much you can do if you if you go out of your way to install a plugin which will help you upload your first image and so on and so forth then but then people just dismiss it. It's quite an interesting actually. I am the kind of user that given so let's say that I've logged into some SaaS service for the first time. If I see an onboarding wizard, I always finish it. There's just there's no way that I'm not finishing that. I just go through every single step because I, I think to myself, well, I want to get the best out of this. They've got me this far. I might as well keep going until the end. So I'm I, I would be your perfect user. I, I would finish yeah. I would finish that onboarding. But I, I I know certainly that you know it's not for everybody, is it? They want to figure it out themselves. And when they get the the flat pack IKEA furniture, they never look at the manual. They just try to build it. And see, <laughs> That's a challenge as well. Yeah, see what happens. I'm curious though. Aside from the uh, let me let me go back a step. So yeah. what you've just described is. Uh, a successful install of WordPress. So, you know, you've you've typed in a database name, you've got a username, you've got your account, you've logged into WordPress. Do you at Hostinger do anything prior to getting the website up and running? In other words, do you have like a an onboarding wizard inside of Hostinger which will customize the type of site that you'll end up with? So log into Hostinger, say, I want a WordPress site, 
um, here's some options for you. Would you like a, I don't know, would you like this kind of theme? Do you have a business orientated website? We'll create some um, posts and pages for you to get you started. Do you do any of that before the install happens? Um, like uh, you explain all of this and this is like a, a upcoming feature, future plans of ours. And it's not yet released to the clients, but it is planned on our uh, public roadmap. And uh, what at Hostinger we will do is that we create our own uh, custom WordPress templates. And uh, throughout the onboarding process, we will allow clients to uh, minorly customize that the template. And they, after the onboarding, they will have a small uh, up and running website with that template. So that that's really interesting, and and it seems to be an approach which a lot of the you know the managed WordPress hosting companies are taking, because you are just driving people towards success, or at least a greater chance of success, aren't you? Because for the best will in the world, the, I was looking on Twitter the other day, and there were a few people saying about how how plain the new 2023 default theme is. I don't know if you've spent any time looking at that, but if you install WordPress by default and you you open it, it is, it is ultra minimal. The theme is very powerful. There's lots of features in there. You know, it's block-based mm-hmm. and you can alter the navigation and headers and footers and in the site editing interface and all of that. But the what you get when you first begin is is very very minimal indeed it's a you know there's a heading there's a few lines there's a little comment it, in it's one of the most bare bones themes that i've seen in ages and being confronted with that as an end user probably is a bit off putting if you've never used wordpress before mm. so i do like the idea of being being taken through a wizard prior to doing that and I'm yeah I, I wonder if we could go into that a little bit more what kind of and I know you said it's not yet available for customers but what what kind of questions are you asking to give a little bit more insight into what you're going to install for them um yeah so uh also um you know when you create a post uh let's say or a text we will help clients to fill out their description with a little better little help of AI Oh, nice. uh, yeah, it's also um, an upcoming feature and all of this will be coming, you know, uh, simultaneously one after another. So it's just a you know, little bit a sneak peek. So the ideal goal is here, like clients will enter a description, their title, not the title, it'd be the brand. So it will go as, you know, as identification for the website. And what we will use the description as basically the AI, we will generate the content of the website. Uh, so let's say uh, you, I'm a author, I'm a photographer, I I make pictures of uh, you know animals and so and so on, and at first we will generate you know the uh, text with the AI and we we will place it in the website and then we will iterate or uh, receive fee- gather feedback from the clients and if uh, with further if the iterations we will also would like to add you know images based on the text so client in the end would get a site with ready template ready text so they would be able to either customize customize based on their needs if they find something not up to their likeness likeliness or they could just like go with the already 
you know, finalize the product and go live with it. Uh, yeah, so that's the idea. Yeah, that's really interesting because <laughs> I think there's this uh, notion of writer's block where you know mm -hmm. you're you're trying to write a, a book but you're staring at a white piece of paper and for for reasons unknown you just can't get yourself going there's you know yeah. the, the the ideas don't go you know occasionally you might sit down and write for ages and it just all flows perfectly but i think i think building a website especially for non technical people who've never used wordpress before the idea of having a bunch of blank pages and not knowing where to start that's that's really interesting. So if you're going to fill them out, and I'm guessing, you know, the chances of you actually using that text are fairly small, but at least it gives you some starting point. Oh, okay, this is my about page, and there's some there's some text, which is at least text. It's not lorem, and okay, there's where a picture might go, and I can fiddle with the mm -hmm. blocks and, and move it around. And if, if you're doing that for different kinds of statements, so let's for example, say that I'm a plumber and I get plumbing text and plumbing pictures, or if I'm mm -hmm. a car salesman and I get car salesman text and car salesman pictures, that seems like a really useful implementation of AI. I, I've got to say, I'm I, I have my reservations about AI in in the way that it. I hope it doesn't replace um, all sorts of useful jobs, but that does seem like a genuinely practical application of it. You're just putting something in there to get people started that they can delete and overwrite as they choose. Yeah, like uh, right now at a hosting there, we do already have AI implemented in our builder, but I'm, I'm like, it's fairly understandable that, that not all of the clients would like to use uh, builders and they prefer WordPress, but the idea is like uh, really similar. Uh, create a basic template that would give at least a view that client would be able to edit because like as you mentioned earlier it's really difficult to start when you just only see a blank page and you say to yourself okay what's the next step do i import a blog post do i write something up and when all of that will be pre-filled at least with some text up to your already entered description and some images placed up you will know that here i can change the image if i would like to or or else change the description if i need to does your little wizard, you mentioned the wizard that guides you through the process, the plugin yeah. that you install, which helps yeah. people to get through. Is that is that something that kind of keeps coming back to you? In other words, if you've been, you, you know, if you dismiss it and say, okay, enough, does it come back and say in like a week's time, look, how are you doing? Is there any help that we can give you? And do you have documentation on your side to assist with this whole thing you know like okay you're two weeks into your website let's have a check-in let's see how we're doing you may do that with humans rather than documentation it may be that people reach out to you via email sequences or whatever and try to try to keep that motivation going i don't know how you do it um so like right now directly through the wordpress admin panel the plugin itself does not like you know being the person uh let's say if you've been if you have been inactive uh, but uh, we're planning, you know, to uh, release uh, in our control pa control panel. We have a section that's called like tips to improve, and that tips to improve section will basically tell the clients what's up with their website. If they have like let's say WordPress vulnerability with plugin or theme, we immediately inform them. And in that section, we aim to we're creating a, a new tip that will inform the clients like, hey, we see some. Of the changes that could be done to your website and uh, like if you're up to it you can directly jump to the wordpress and make those changes or you can 
or like if you're not up to it, you can just dismiss that notification. It's kind of interesting because everything that we've mentioned so far has been a problem. Um, in other words, you know, I can't get this to work, so I need some help with that. Or, you know, you haven't done this yet, so go ahead and do it. Make a post, put some images in, what have you. I'm just wondering if you do the flip side of things. You know, is there any is there any information that you provide to say, you know, pat on the back, you've done really well. You know, you, you've, you've had 300 views in the last couple of days. That's really good. Let's see if we can get it to 600. In other words... Is is congratulations and backslapping and clapping part of this whole process for keeping the motivation going, or is it all about no, you're doing this wrong? <laughs> That's a good aspect. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> we do have like um, so this you know pat on the back and congratulation emails does come from the perspective. So the client will see it on their cell phone that something good has happened, and I know that uh, like. At first, it all, all starts like, hey, you added your domain, congratulations, you can start building your website. And then we have an upcoming uh, uh, milestone emails. Uh, they're called, uh, yeah, they, they're called milestone. And the, the milestone emails will be sent to the clients when they reach certain milestones. Uh, let's say, uh, and as an example, hey, congratulations, uh, during past seven uh, days, you had 10 unique visitors visiting your website. Good job with the traffic. Keep it up. It's kind of interesting because I I would I'd really enjoy getting those because that that would help me get an understanding that you know you can't run before you can walk. Ten ten visitors is better than two visitors, but I, I'm guessing there's an expectation that oh I'll put my website up and a thousand people will come within the next five minutes because you know it's the internet and everybody's on the internet. So the idea of doing that is interesting, and I'm wondering if. Let's say, for example, so just thinking about hosting or the bigger picture, mm -hmm. if you detect that a website is stagnant or the opposite, if a website is doing really well, do you do you kind of get in touch with those customers in any way to sort of say, look, we've noticed that you, you really are nailing it. You're getting 50,000 views a month. This is good. But now we need to take care of the hosting from a different point of view. You're on this plan. We probably need to upgrade you to this plan. And the flip side of that, you know, it's not going so well. Can we help? Is there anything that we can do? I don't know how hands-on you are. I'm guessing some people wouldn't like that, but some people would. Hmm. Um, yeah, so both sides have some sort of a communication. <clears throat> so uh, let's say the website is uh, stagnant and there's like not a lot of things going on uh, with it so oh, we do know like from from the feedback how the websites are being created uh, that uh, our website builder could be a good alternative for people who are really beginners and would like to have a simple uh, website so for the clients let's say you're a user and for past three days you haven't performed like you haven't published a, a, a website mm -hmm. and perhaps mm -hmm. there yeah. are some places you're struggling with so we will like offer you uh, perhaps you would like to try out the builder you can just select the template and have the website online uh, so this is one of the, the side side that you've mentioned and there's an another side for let's say a really good performing client uh, and they are on the hosting plan and but we don't bug the client if they don't actually need that information what i have in mind with that 
uh, let's say you're a well-performing client, you have uh, a, a good hosting plan, a good amount of traffic, but we will not inform you to, let's say, you need to switch to this hosting plan because you have this amount of, of traffic. If your hosting plan can handle this, we're really happy that you're using it and it can maintain your website that you currently have and you don't need to make an upgrade, but we, we will like inform, let you know that, hey, uh, the website just has started to use like uh, 90 to 100 of your hosting resource plans. It would be good, you know, to re review its performance, perhaps uh, some outdated plugins is causing, you know, the higher usage or some like database requests are, are piling up and object cache could solve that issue. Uh, or in, if it's really just the, the increased you have an increased usage, maybe you could should consider an upgrade to a higher tier plan. But if nothing is like out of the ordinary, clients don't get, you know, get prom promotional emails like, yeah, do the upgrade or something like that. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, the hosting industry really has changed, doesn't it? In the last, well, let's go quite far back, last decade, if I was to be having this conversation with a hosting company a decade ago. I mean, basically, they did hosting. That was pretty much it. You know, you'd chuck your files over there and that was all you'd do. Whereas the the boundary between, oh, I don't know, the suite of plugins that a hosting company might bring to bear. So you've got your plugin, which assists you in the onboarding. A lot of other companies in the hosting space, they've, they've gone out there and they've bought up swathes of different types of let's say WooCommerce plugins or calendar type plugins and and now they're able to offer these these different types of websites so we specialize in e-commerce or we mm -hmm. specialize in LMSs or we specialize in whatever it may be um so the hosting company really does have much more to do it feels like now and what you're describing there with the hosting company monitoring and keeping an eye on things and giving you a pat on the back if you're doing well that's all that's all part of that. Is that is that whole bigger picture part of hosting as planned? Do they do they want to grow and you know have more fingers in the WordPress pie? So offering additional plugins, doing everything through your interface, all of that. Um, well, I always like think from that perspective. Uh, let's say you're creating a website, then you have a, like a suggestions of the plugins that could benefit to your website but like do we always have to push something to the clients that they necessarily would need for their website right mm -hmm. uh, uh let's say promoting some kind of a plugins just for clients to have it uh, i always think that users would really find use of it uh to you know to to install their pl plugin on the website so it br bring benefit to them and uh, when it comes to uh, creating the, perhaps you could specify that question for me when you, when you mentioned that the hosting company contributes to different types of websites. Uh, what do you actually like uh, have in mind with that? Yeah, so for example, there are other hosting companies out there yeah. who, who have bought up a, a ton of different well similar plugins if you know what i mean they've got uh, they've got a ton of woocommerce options so you know you can install a, a woocommerce optimized website plus 
because they're the the now the owners of a whole load of plugins in the WooCommerce space, they can bring that in as well. So they're not just hosting anymore; they're hosting plus, if you like. They've got they've got the hosting, but they've then they've also got things that can make your site more WooCommerce or more LMS or more whatever it may be. Does that make more sense? Okay, yeah, got it. And I I think I understood the the, the question here. So. Uh, that is it's like part, partially true, but it also uh, is it really good to have that many plugins installed on your WordPress website itself? Where I'm leading to here is that what I really like about Hostinger, uh, not like bragging or something like that, but the, the thinking on this is like we do create a lot of our uh, products and things that would benefit to the client. Um, uh, let's say object cache uh, feature. We thought we didn't use, we didn't use, bought any plugin. We just build that feature ourselves. And like now, the WordPress users are able to use the object cache feature for their website to speed it up. Um, let's say and, uh, another example, uh, like a CDN. You're looking for a better performance. The CDN will help you out. Uh, but then again. To set it up, some of the providers do requ request you to do some additional steps. While on on the hosting air, uh, the it's an in-house built solution. So I'm I'm always thinking like when it comes to plugins that build up the website's functionality, is it always the best option to just offer that installation to the client and give the plugin directly to it, or perhaps the hosting itself can build some kind of a solution that the client wouldn't necessarily have to install an additional plugin to that website because yeah, just one of the final thought because where it will all lead that some kind of a functionality would depend on that plugin yeah it's interesting the, the sort of co coalescing of lots and lots of plugins under the auspices of a few big companies has been has been the story really of the last three or four years in wordpress you know you've got some some big companies who've bought up a whole swathe of different things and and you know their their claim i think justifiably is that they are making it so that you just you just have everything in one place which is really easy to use and all of that but there's been a little bit of pushback in the wordpress community against that which it feels like you're more on that side of the argument of hosting or if you've represented that or i've understood that correctly in that that's not the that's not the enterprise that you're interested in you know you can bring your own plugins and figure it out for yourself which kind of kind of makes sense but yeah there's been quite a lot of concern about that just just the idea that um this free open source project is now becoming um yeah swamped by a few big big companies and all of the all of the things that that leads to yeah it's not like that i'm against you know the <clears throat> whole plugins idea and that there are like definitely a lot of good plugins that do benefit for the client, for the website, for its development. But I always think like, won't I have too many plugins on my website that it would potentially like conflict between each other or make my website more heavily because, you know, new plugin, new processes, new actions in the background. And uh, right now, since I'm working as a product owner in the hosting company, I'm always thinking perhaps that if a high variety of clients are using that feature that is covered by a plugin, perhaps we somehow could assist them 
and do them like directly from our services side and clients wouldn't have to you know, install an additional plugin bar. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult tightrope to tread, isn't it? Because obviously the more that you can offer, um, <laughs> the better it is, you know, there's no doubt about that. But from the community side, it's, I think there's some, often some pushback, you know, do we, do we have to have just a few companies who've, who are maintaining ownership of all the things which are good in the WordPress? Well, not all the things, but you know, quite a lot of the things which have historically proven themselves to be good in the WordPress space. Yeah, so interesting, interesting to get your thoughts on that. Um, we're kind of running out of time, Arnus. I know that we've kind of barely scratched this subject. I'm just wondering before we wrap it up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we missed there? I think Nathan, we've like from our topic, we covered all of the main aspects. This is perfect. In which case, we will we'll knock it on the head. But before we do, Arnus uh, from Hostinger, where are the best places for us to find you? Um, could be social, could be an email address, could just be a contact form, whatever works for you. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, my best like approach to contact me would be my LinkedIn account, I believe. It's the my name and the surname, Arnas uh, Donauskas. And uh, yeah, uh, this is, would be the point of contact. Okay, in which case I will add that to the show notes and make sure that people get to you. Arnas, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and talking to us about, you know, how to how to get your website over the finish line, but also what Hostinger are doing to make that happen. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Nathan, for having me today. Well, I hope that you enjoy the podcast. Forgive the clickbaity title. Hopefully, Arnas and I chatting didn't upset you too much. We did get a little bit off piece. The intention was to talk about what the title was. And then we went off the rails a little bit and talked about all sorts of other things. If you've got any comments about that episode, please feel free to reach out. Go to the wpbuilds.com website and look for episode number 328 and leave us a comment there. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP Builds. And we do thank GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, hopefully we'll see you at some point this week. We do our This Week in WordPress show live every Monday. We're also doing our Wednesday WS Form webinar that I talked about at the start. And we'll also have a podcast episode, a chat with David Wormsley and I on Thursday. The live shows can be found at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Hopefully we'll see you at some point this week. But if not, have a good week. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.